Good evening, everyone. I hope you are well. Shall I tell you about our home? Just a little. It's strange. My companion keeps writing. She keeps trying. She's preoccupied with this because when it is gone, what will she have? And she's afraid because we keep hearing a knocking at the door. Not the front door. The balcony door. It has remained locked so far, but she insists that I stand watch. I promised that I would keep the monsters at bay, and so I must do exactly that. I must do that, so that she keeps writing. Because if she stops, what is to become of me? I will keep watch, my friend. Don't be afraid. Every so often a feather has deposited itself on the balcony. A black feather, a white feather. Large and pure. I'm sure it's a sign. I'm sure it's a warning. But what can we do but remain vigilant and keep on track? We are not warmongers, she and I. I don't think there's any purpose to us seeking a fight when one will surely come to us anyway. Keep on track. Keep writing my stories. I have more. I always have more. We're so close. We will get there. And I will keep watch at the door. I won't let them stop you. Let me tell you a story. It will help. It is a sad, frightful, wondrous story. Let me tell it to you. There was once a little town called Cobblestone. Now it was not called this on any map, for it could not be found on any map. Not back in those long past years when I first visited this place. And not now, either. But everyone called it Cobblestone. Not because all of its roads were made of cobblestone itself, which they were. But because the town was so small and so closed in on itself that when anyone rode through its streets, everyone could hear the clip-clop of the horses' hooves against the cobblestone so loudly in their little homes. The sound would echo against the stone of the buildings, and it was almost deafening at times, so aggressive this sound was. If someone so much as tiptoed home in the middle of the night, everyone could hear the footsteps in their bedrooms. While it was once populated with perhaps a hundred citizens or so, and it was a perfect, self-contained little society in the middle of nowhere, eventually its people left. They did not leave all at once in droves. They left a few at a time. Something terrible had befallen the town.
if anyone cared to discover this sudden change in the tiny, isolated town of Cobblestone. They would not be able to guess why it had been evacuated. But the truth was, it never had any visitors. And so, no one noticed. One night, a young traveler stumbled upon this town, completely by happenstance. He was tired. He was hungry. He was alone. He had left another town because there was nothing for him there but pain and strife. And he would rather take his chances on the wide, wild world than on a place he knew had nothing for him but tears and hostility. He had hoped to find work. He didn't expect or want pity. He wanted to prove himself and start fresh. Make a name for himself in some place, doing something, anything. As long as he could be a new version of himself that wouldn't let anyone hurt him ever again. This young man walked into the town and he was instantly surprised to see all the windows shuttered on a day as pleasant as this. He was surprised that no one was walking along the roads. He was surprised to see abandoned wheelbarrows dusty from years of idleness. Moss and weeds grew along the cobblestone roads where they would normally be frequently maintained. Doors were swinging open or even falling off their hinges. Something was wrong here. Something was different. And something was off. It occurred to him that he was standing in the ghost of a town that once existed. This was no longer a town. Cobblestone had been abandoned long, long ago. There was nothing for him here. His heart sank as he realized that he hadn't found a new home. He had found at best a place to rest for the night. Perhaps he could find some food preserved in jars in a home or an old tavern, something of the like. This place would yield him one safe and comfortable night, he gathered, and perhaps some provisions for the journey he no doubt had ahead of him. But that was all. He rifled his way through a few homes, finding some jams and pickled goods here and there. There was spoiled meat and old fruit as well as though the people living in those homes had left without even finishing their meal, for whatever reason. Eventually he settled on an old inn for the night. Even if the wine was old and the ale was flat, there was plenty to drink. The hearth still had wood ready to burn right by it. There were plenty of beds with blankets and cushions for him to rest in, and the door had a solid lock on it. He could be safe here. He could sleep well here. While he was sitting by the fire, quietly warming his feet and letting his eyelids droop as he sat in a soft chair for the first time in weeks, he let himself revel in the silence and the peace. Everything was so calm and still here. He almost mourned the fact that he would have to leave in the morning. But it was not morning yet. This place was all his right now, and he intended to enjoy it. He felt the soft kiss of sleep on his brow as darkness took over. 
but he was quickly awakened by what seemed to be the sound of screaming in the distance. It was shrill and terrible, and decidedly inhuman. Then it was followed by the sound of sharp pounding against the stones of the road. It was almost ear-shattering. He wondered if it was some kind of attack. Bullets, cannon fire perhaps. So loud it was. But then he realized as it grew closer and louder that it was the sound of hooves. Hooves. Pounding against the roads. The sound of their steps reverberating off the buildings. Creeping into the cracks under the door. Relentless in his eardrums. The screaming still continued periodically, and he realized that it indeed wasn't a human. It was a horse, running through the town of Cobblestone. Did it have a rider? He waited for almost an hour, though it felt like a lifetime. The sound continued, and he determined that the horse must not have a rider. Why else would it be wandering? running and screaming, aimless and trapped. It must have been lost too, poor thing. And heaven knew the boy could greatly benefit from the company of a horse on his travels tomorrow. Carefully, tentatively, he opened the door and peeked his head outside. He saw the shadow of the beast up the road, pacing, he stepped out into the streets, walking slowly towards it. Even in his worn-through cloth shoes, had a loud footfall in this strange place. He hoped to calm the beast, to approach it slowly and coax it towards a hitch post or stable or something, anything. He took two steps forward towards it, and the beast, silhouetted in the moonlight, stopped whinnying and walking, and suddenly stood still as stone. It looked up. It looked right at him. No. No, it looked right past him. He could only tell that the horse was black. He couldn't see any of its features. It was entirely in shadow. He couldn't see its eyes, but he could tell that it was looking at something behind him. Before he could turn to see what it was, he heard the simple, yet blood-chilling sound of hard-heeled boots, slowly walking against the stones. He slowly turned, and saw in the distance the figure of a person. A person with a large tricorn hat, a long coat, and both a sword and pistol at each side. They were walking, slowly, but directly towards him, down the road. The young traveler thought he ought to run inside and lock the door. He ought to run and lock himself in one of the inn's rooms. He ought to keep quiet and alert until morning. But he couldn't. His feet wouldn't move. 
somehow in the moonlight with the horse behind him and the figure approaching him. His heart pounded in his ears, and his hands trembled, and yet he could not move. Bear witness, his body seemed to say. Bear witness, the town around him seemed to say. Bear witness, the man approaching seemed to say. The figure came closer, and the boy was shocked to see the window shutters on the buildings all around him suddenly open. One at a time, in no particular order, they opened. Then some closed. They opened and closed faster and faster, until they were all rumbling and making such a clamor he had to cover his ears. It was no use, though and the horse behind him began its horrible song of screams once more. Combined with the loud steps from those approaching boots, the traveler did not know if he could endure such noise any longer. The little town vibrated and echoed with pain. He could even swear that he heard screaming coming from within the little houses and the apartments themselves. Screams from people who long ago left and he was about to find out why. The figure approaching crossed into the moonlight, closer to the boy. It was a man. A man in his prime, well-dressed, perhaps a little too well-dressed. By the cut of his coat and the size of the pouch at his belt, he suspected he was perhaps a highwayman, He was frightened enough at this possibility. But then, he saw the noose around his neck. It was wrapped tight around his throat, and it trailed behind him long and frayed. His hands were bound before him. And looking back to the highwayman's eyes, he realized that while they were once dark and beautiful, they were now clouded over with a lost, empty expression. His lips were pale, his skin was blue, his head twisted at an odd angle, at exactly the place the noose was tied. He stopped in front of the poor boy. The boy looked the highwayman in the eye, but the highwayman seemed to be looking just past him. His footsteps may have stopped their terrible beat against the ground, but the windows still slammed open and shut over and over, and were joined by all the doors in the town. Then at the same time, the horse and the man let out one great cry, a cry that caused all of the windows and the doors to stop their horizonant noise. And afterward, The silence was even more terrifying than the noise had been. Somehow. The young man still couldn't move. He wished so badly to run. To run from this diabolical place in this dreadful phantom. But still he couldn't. And then, the ghost whispered a name into the wind a name that some may know and that some may not. 
and so it does me no good to repeat it here. If you know the name of the highwayman, then you know the name of the horse. And if you know neither, then what does it matter? But he whispered her name, and the boy heard from behind him the gentle clip-clop of trotting hooves. It walked past the boy to the highwayman. He couldn't see much of the creature with its black fur in the moonlight, but he saw the blood trailing behind it. He smelled the gunpowder on it. He saw its clouded eyes, and those eyes looked into its master's eyes. Its master, the highwayman, couldn't even reach up to touch her snout. His hands were tied. The boy could see that he desperately wished he could, though. Poor lost beasts. The young man couldn't know for sure. But as he bore witness to their return to this place, he realized this place's history soon enough. The town had captured a notorious highwayman and brought him to justice itself, through capturing and destroying his beloved companion. The highwayman might have forgiven them killing him, but not killing his innocent friend. And so, every night they returned, and they would never leave the town in peace, ever. This was their town now. The next day the young man left the town of Cobblestone and never looked back. I met this young man once, of course, after he had found his happiness and his peace. He told me this story. But I met another person who stayed a night in Cobblestone. Another person who met the highwayman and heard his symphony of pain. But they, oddly enough, described his companion as a large black hound. And another traveler, yet, had also visited Cobblestone and they could swear that it was a wailing black cat. All three of these travelers said they wished to know whether or not the highwayman had ever found peace. But they were too afraid to return. And so I went to Cobblestone instead. And you know what I saw? I saw the highwayman. I heard his echoing footfalls. I saw the doors and the windows rattling, the whole town crying out in pain for its terrible crime. And I heard the footfalls approaching behind me, walking towards the highwayman. But it was not a horse, nor a dog, nor a cat. She was a human, a person with black hair and clouded eyes that were once also dark and beautiful, a person who looked into the highwayman's eyes with sadness and regret and longing and pain. That's just what I saw, though. Who knows what is truth?
if something were to happen to a companion of mine, whom I loved. I would return and raise a cacophony such as that, too. But I will never let such a thing happen. I will stand guard at the window. Just keep writing. We're almost there. Good night, my dear, dear friends. Be well. Hello friends, this is Kristen, the podcaster, writer, composer, performer behind On a Dark Cold Night. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 92, and welcome to February. Sending a quick thank you today to our latest patron on patreon.com, Jules, who pledged $1 a month and also bought us a coffee at coffee.com, saying, hopefully this hot brew warms you on the coldest of nights. Thanks so much for supporting us on both of these platforms, Jules. It really means a lot, and I appreciate it so much. If you want to support us like Jules, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash darkgoldnight, where every patron receives access to the soundtrack of the show, which is constantly being updated. If you don't want that perk and want to donate only once, you can also be like Jules and buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkgoldnight. We also have t-shirts and hoodies available at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. You can also support us by leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else you like. You can also keep up to date by following me on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or on our Facebook or YouTube pages both called on a dark cold night. Also, I know I've been talking about this every week, but hey, why not? I'm thrilled that the show has been nominated for five Canadian Podcast Awards, including the People's Choice Award, which listeners are allowed to vote in. So if you'd like to vote for us, head on over to awards.podcamptoronto.com. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. As always, I'm very grateful. I hope you have a great sleep tonight. Rest well, friends. <laughs>